Hey there, everybody. It's a Thursday afternoon, so y'all know what time it is. It's time for Longhorn Confidential. I am not Brian Davis. I am Danny Davis. Uh, same last name, better looking face, but Brian's off uh, Brian's off doing some reporting and you know, getting some stuff done for the newspaper before our trip to Iowa State this weekend. We're all leaving on Friday, or at least me, Brian, and Cedric are. Uh, Kirk Bowles is going to be chilling at home. I don't know what, Kirk, what are you, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to Aggieland. Check the temperature of the Aggies against the Auburn Tigers in a big SEC matchup. All right, all right. Well, Traitor. We're not here to talk about the Aggies. I'm sure we'd lose all of our viewers if, if we were. But let's uh, talk about this Iowa State game. There actually is a football game going on this weekend. Um, oh, okay. If you were paying attention to the news, it's probably not what you were paying attention to. There are a couple of interesting stories that came out of um, came out of came out of Bevo land this week. We're not going to talk about the monkey story. That's uh, I, I think we're above that. But let's uh, let's talk about what happened yesterday. Some reports came out um, that Joshua Moore had got into a verbal altercation with Steve Sarkeesian. May or may not have quit the team. Um, those reports kind of were backtracked a little bit by the end of the end of the day that he and he was attending practices. Um, Steve Sarkeesian was uh, asked about that today. Essentially, said he coaches his players hard. His staff coaches his players hard. Uh, he said Josh Moore is available for all four quarters this weekend. We'll see if that's the actual case. Um, Sad. What was your just kind of overall impressions of what you heard? following this report um, by you know, two of our colleagues. And I'm going to say, first off, I don't have any doubt that what was reported yesterday was was true. I'm not questioning that reporting, but um, sometimes what was reported first and not what actually happens in the end. So what was your what was your thoughts about what you heard? Newsflash, a, a football player is passionate about what he's doing and gets in a coach's face. Man, that's the first time that's ever happened. Guess what? It's a violent, passionate very emotional game. And Josh Moore had a rough day at the office. Let's just keep it real. In the last game in Waco, a fumble, a drop pass. And so we knew he would probably be on 10. And so he wants to clap back. And good for Steve Sarkeesian to tell us that, yeah, I may be a player's coach, but that doesn't mean that I can't that I don't get in a player's face when need be, that we don't coach him hard. So um, much ado about nothing. Josh Moore's going to play this weekend in Ames. They need him playing at a high level if they have any kind of chance to beat the Iowa State Cyclones. Sarkeesian knows that he has an emotional locker room that's, that's very fragile right now because the season is slipping away. Three losses in a row. Don't want four. The last time that happened, Texas went five and seven. So um, emotions are on edge, and that's understandable. I'll be interested to see if they take that bunker mentality, Duck, and come out of Ames with a W. Well, it's a lot about accountability, which all three of us, I would think, applaud. And you're right, Seth. I mean, we see it all the time. We see it in games on sidelines you know, where, where players get disgruntled and angry in the heat of the moment and kind of lash out or talk back to their coach. And, uh, yeah, it, th- these aren't the Woody Hayes, Frank Cush days anymore, okay? But I agree with you guys. I think uh, when Sark says, yeah, we coach them hard, we coach demanding, that's a good thing. I think fan bases want that, and I think probably most of the players want that. You know, you know Texas has long had a reputation of – either being coddled or entitled. And there is an element of truth in all that. So 
they both want the same thing. And Josh, who we haven't talked to this week, you know, has to admit he had a very uneven game. Yeah, he had a touchdown, but he dropped another one at an interception ball go off his hands and a crucial fumble. He did not play well. He cost them the win more than the lo- uh, the loss. And, uh, yeah, I think Sark and the staff is trying to hold them accountable, and I applaud that. You know, as, as you said, Joshua Moore struggled um, at Baylor, and that is not something that we expected to see from him coming off the season that he had. Pretty good um, 2020 season where he was our leading receiver at the top target. Um, but going into this game against Ames, you know, is Joshua Moore the player that needs to have the biggest game, assuming he plays, um, of these Longhorns? Or, is, you know, is Casey Thompson the guy that needs to step up and have the biggest game? Is it someone on the defense in the trenches? I know we've been talking about those big guys up front. I mean, who needs, who needs to have the big game this weekend to kind of get the, the spotlight off, off him? I'd say the Bijan. defensive line. I'm going to go Bijan Robinson. I'll go first. Okay. Bijan Robinson. If B. John Robinson runs for a buck 30, a buck 40, that means the offensive line is opening up a few holes for him. That means that they can't just pin their ears back and get and, and be all out of salt on Casey Thompson. I think he'll be the he'll be the barometer as to if this offense is going to wake up. Um, I, I just I just think that it's been a while since he's really taken over a game. TCU. Got his numbers against Oklahoma, but they they blew that lead. I think that if they can settle in with a nice, crisp run game on what promises to be a nice, crisp fall evening in Ames, I think that a lot of other things will fall into place, Doug. Well, I I agree with what you said, but I also think that run defense, you know, has to stand up. The front seven, too. I'd add the linebackers in that equation. Uh you know, Brees Hall's a talented dude. We know that. He's got 500-yard games in his last six. He scored the touchdown every game. I mean, Danny wrote a great uh, piece on that. And, uh, yeah, Keandre wants one of his T-shirts, uh, the old five-star culture here. Well, one way you get a T-shirt, Keandre, is stop Brees Hall because that sets up everything. They don't want Brock Purdy to throw 40 times. You know, they are, as Sark just told us, tight end-driven uh, run first team, and they don't want to live off Brock Purdy's arm. So I think it's – yeah, Bijan must have a big game because their wide receiver depth has been pathetic for Texas this year. So, But they can't let Brees Hall go crazy. If he gets 150 yards against Texas, I think it might be another long day at Ames. I agree with you, Sid. I'm going to pick a uh, media darling, Derek Kerstetter. Um, you know, it wasn't <laughs> – it wasn't so long ago that Derek was a freshman making his first start in Ames. That was four years ago. So that's a long time. This is going to be a 46 start. This game is going to be decided by that offensive line. You know, Bijan is great, but he, he can't do much if there's going to be, you know, six guys in the backfield before he gets a, gets a handoff. Casey Thompson can't have a you know, decent game if he's going to be throwing off his back foot every time he drops by because there's three guys on top of him. So that offensive line needs to step up. It's going to start with number 68. He's the leader of that offensive line. And, um, you know, he's going to you know, have to lead those, lead those guys in the battle. And we're going to see how that offensive line, that beleaguered, much beleaguered offensive line um, performs. But speaking of Casey, um, both of y'all wrote about Casey Thompson said on, uh, in Tuesday's newspaper, you had a 
I think obviously pointing out the quarterback gets a lot of praise, gets a lot of uh, you know, condemnation uh, when things aren't going well. Um, Kirk, you wrote a, a couple of days ago about, you know, Casey's struggling. Maybe it's time to do the Arkansas flip and, you know, go to Hudson card a little earlier than, um, you know, they did, they did at Arkansas. So let's talk about Casey. What does he need to do to, you know, I guess, hold on to this job, you know, cause there are some people wondering why number one is not in the game. I like his mentality and I don't know that one would be as mentally equipped to deal with what's gone down here. Casey Thompson hasn't played horribly, but what he's got to do and he's a playmaker, he's a good playmaker, but he's just got to make sure and color in between the lines in a raucous road environment and not give Iowa state free possessions. You can't take sacks um, deep in your territory. Like you did in Waco. You, you just ha- you just have to try to stay ahead of the chains. Easier said than done, but I just believe that if he if if he manages the game the way the way he managed those first couple of games, I think Texas will be fine. But uh, am I saying they're going to win? Hmm. I'm not saying all that, but I, but I, but I am saying that he has a really good chance to make this a fourth quarter game if he takes care of business. You know, like you wrote, said, it, it, this hadn't been Casey's fault. It's not. He's played good enough for, for Texas to win these games. That said, you know, three of the last four games, his completion percentage has been like 59% or better. And we're in an era where, you know, quarterbacks are regularly throwing 70%. Caleb Williams from Oklahoma is about 70%. He's got thrown 14 touchdowns and one pick. You look at Casey's numbers since the first half of OU, he's got five touchdowns, three picks. And you could argue, well, they're not always fault. And I go, that's true. That's that's true oftentimes. But I think neither has Sarkeesian done anything to shake this team up. And, you know, Reese Davis told us in our podcast on Second Thought, which you can see at hook'em.com, uh, you know, quarterbacks got to do a little bit more. And their margin for error seems so thin that I think if Casey does struggle uh, in the first half, I would look to Hudson Carr just like Sark did in the Arkansas game, as Danny alluded to. He, he went to Casey too late in that game, and maybe he wouldn't make the same mistake. It's not Casey's fault, but so much more is expected from that quarterback position, especially as bad as the o- offensive line has been. I think when it all boils down to it, this is a game – between two disappointing and underachieving teams. Um, I think before the season, most people expected this game to be kind of deciding who was in that number two seat behind Oklahoma for the championship game. I mean, these yes, were the two and three teams right. in the preseason poll. Um, Iowa State's five and three overall, uh, three and two in Big 12 play. Texas is four and four, three straight losses, two and three in Big 12 play. Who needs this one more? I mean, I'm sure I'd, both fan bases are probably angry and disappointed, but who needs this? Who needs this game more? The Longhorns need it more. They're they're about to go to where Mike Tyson used to call Bolivian. They're <laughs> on their way out. I mean, what about a four uh, four game losing streak? Do we have to explain to tell you that Texas is the most desperate of these two teams? Uh, they're both disappointing, but the Longhorns are are way more desperate than Iowa State right now. Iowa State could still be three and three and still have a really good chance to play Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. You don't come back from two and four, fam. You just don't. 
I love the Oblivion reference. I think I went there on spring break when, uh, when, when spring when I was at UT. Uh, yeah, it's Texas needs a breakthrough game and a win in the worst possible way. And yeah, Sarkeesian is right. They've got a resilient team. They haven't folded their tent. They've been competitive, obviously enough to have big leads in the second half. But they got to close. They got to win one of these games, otherwise. You know, the fan base that is largely already checked out on this season, maybe you can get them a little bit of taste. It's not going to placate them in, in a four and four season. But like you say, Iowa State can lose and go on to a decent bowl game and a, and a good year. Texas is just trying to salvage any momentum it can and any relevancy. And they've got to win a game like this to salvage any small silver lining in this really bad season i think we're going to wrap it up because there is a lot of stuff going on here on campus um i said bd he has a basketball availability right now i'm about to head over to the fall world series first game of the three for the baseball team there's a women's basketball exhibition tonight texas just got its first 2023 football commitment this morning uh you guys have your on second thought podcast brian's gonna be writing about xavier worthy today there's a lot of stuff one why don't you guys give us a tease about what, what Reese may have said, something juicy for, in, the, in the podcast. He's – I'll start out uh, – uh, you know, you mentioned everybody's plans. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, working on my weekend preview stuff, and, and I'm about to go to Papado's with my cousin Pooh Choice. I'm excited about that. But um, Reese Davis said that um, Sark is walking a fine line. He can't overdo it. He's just got to stay his course. Uh, because there's a tendency to overcoach when things go bad. And I don't see that in Sark. I don't see him uh, getting desperate and trying to overdo things. I think he'll be fine. But, boy, they need a win in the worst way. Yeah, they really do. Uh, I've got to finish up a soccer column uh, for Sunday's paper on Austin FC, which closed out their home schedule with a 3-1 victory over Sporting KC. I had a seat right next to me to said, I think, he, he got caught up in traffic. Where were you last night? I, I looked for you last night. I didn't see you, Sid. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, it was a thing. It was a thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, as much as I love soccer and I wanted to be out there on the pitch with you <laughs> at Austin FC, um, let's just say that I will make the next home game. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think you might. And as far as Reese, he, he just killed it, uh, you know, he, he was a great interview for, for me and said, and he was just real. He played our hot corner. We asked him, what would you be doing if you weren't a sports broadcaster? I thought he had a really interesting answer on that. And he talks about Texas and Sarkeesian and Gary Patterson touched on CFP standing. A lot of interesting. It's very, very compelling. I thought, and uh, we were, we're lucky to have a nice interview with uh, Reese Davis and thank you for that. Hope you'll tune in at hook'em.com. Oh, Reese to get uh, college game day up to Montana in a couple weekends for Montana, Montana State. And Missoula is coming up, big dog. We need to send Daniel Davis to Missoula. Go back home, dog. Exactly. You can't go home again. And if uh, you're a Texas fan and you want to see a soccer team that actually wins, the uh, women are playing tonight against uh, West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament semifinals up in Round Rock. So go root on the Longhorns up there and maybe, maybe get, some, get some good soccer. But we're, that's going to do it for us. Check out hook'em.com throughout the weekend for all of our coverage of all the sports. Obviously, the Iowa State game this weekend on Saturday night. And we'll be back here next week for another busy week. And thanks for watching. Thanks for reading. And we'll see you all down the road.